Every leader has a strategy. Executing on that strategy is the challenge. If you want to learn how to effectively achieve what you've set out to accomplish, then this show is for you. Gain keen insights and listen in as leaders share their stories and challenges. Soar Vision Group and the Baldridge Foundation welcome you to Leader Dialogue Radio. Hi everyone, I'm Duffy Dixon. Welcome to Leader Dialogue, brought to you by Soar Vision Group and the Baldridge Foundation. Joining me is Jennifer Strahan. She's the Chief Operating Officer of Soar. Jennifer has partnered with more than 100 health systems and businesses across the U.S. to help them transform their strategic and administrative operations. Lisa Council is the Chief Commercial Officer of Soar. She has more than two decades of clinical, leadership, and clinical informatics experience. She also spent 19 years at the McKesson Corporation. And our special guest again this week is Alan Nall. Now, Alan is the Chief Strategy Officer at Patient Co. And instead of trying to read what you do, Alan, because last time it just, it was better when you said it. What does Patient Co. do? Oh boy, getting put on the spot already. Here's the <laughs> elevator pitch. It's a consumer payments company focused exclusively on healthcare. We allow leading health systems to offer a superior patient financial experience from pre-service to point of service to post-service billing communication and payment tools that help make healthcare understandable, affordable, and create loyal relationships between the patient and the health systems. So from womb to tomb of the patient visit, in reference to last week, for those of you who were, have not listened, uh, go back and listen. We talk about that. So exciting things. You've already missed out so far as we've been in the studio just hanging out, waiting to go on air. Um, one of the things we talked a lot about last week was Patient Co. and the value that it brings to consumers, to patients, to hospitals and providers who are using that service to be able to bring more upfront um, visibility and transparency of the patient bill to the patients at the beginning of service as opposed to two months after service or whatever the case may be. Because what we talked about is often you can have a fine experience at the doctor or the hospital and then those bills come from all sorts of places, numerous bills, different, different names on there, different amounts, and that can be the lasting experience. Mm -hmm. That can be the last thing you remember. And that cannot be good for doctors and hospitals if that if you have that negative end. Yeah, if you think about it, revenue cycle really is the first and the last thing that touches patients. Because in the beginning, you've got your patient access where you're working to schedule those visits, or that might be the first person that when you walk into a doctor's office or a hospital, that can often be the registrar. That is all under revenue cycle. So it is the first thing and the last thing that we experience. And you kind of have the meat of your visit with your provider. And it really is an element that, again, we talked a little bit about last week it's hard to talk about money with with patients but it's one of the top things on their mind well and in health systems there's been a lot of push around patient experience officers and really looking at patient experience but rarely do they talk about the rev cycle and the impact that it has on the patients and their family right so one of the things i would love to explore a little bit this time is to dive into this a little bit more from the patient co side so as an organization you guys are a growing business obviously um, providing a great value to to communities to hospitals nationwide and your role as a strategy officer we talked and you mentioned this a little bit lisa where you almost compared them to an amazon being able to how do you bring that consumer uh consumer ability if you will right there at the forefront. Mm -hmm. So what's next for Patient Co? How do you keep up? How do you keep growing? How do you keep that vision alive? 
Well, uh, we talked a little bit last time about some of the uh, complexities associated with the EOB. Remember, this is not a bill. Let's train people to throw <laughs> away billing communication. And, you know, what that means from, well, geez, I have one healthcare visit. Why does it have to create five different bills from facilities to professional mm -hmm. to everything else? And it's like, is it just me or are the balances changing? So now mm -hmm. I just right. want to hang on right. to it and not pay. And so, uh, so Jennifer, to answer your question very directly, the only person who has a full view of the billing dysfunction in healthcare is the patient. So we have to take the patient's perspective and how we think about solving that. And so that means, you know, actually trying to tackle with better technology, you know, an EOB experience that might actually be understandable and is like helpful and usable to the patient. So the consolidated bill, bringing more payment options up front with those estimators that we already integrate with to accept payments but for instance how do you a lot of that estimation process is largely driven by the revenue cycle teams mm -hmm. that's a people intensive effort in fact we were chatting with a client and they said you know alan after we after we run an estimate we start what we call the chase and i said the chase and they said yes the chase is where we try and find them we chase <laughs> after them. In other words, you know, who who answers a telephone call from an unknown number? I mean, nobody. nobody. Oh my gosh, is it just me or does my mobile phone feel like a spam creator is, these days? It is. I'm like, man, this thing's sponsored by Hormel. And I swear <laughs> the do not call list does not work. Uh, you know, that's yeah. that's why all those state uh, that's why all those states have now banded together to create new legislation. Did y'all see those articles uh, just a couple of weeks mm -hmm. ago around new legislation around spamming for mobile phones? And so it's like everybody knows this is a problem. People don't pick up. And so our poor clients are having to start the chase to try and communicate the estimator. Well, Patient Co. already has a tremendous amount of digital communication tools. So if we're sending an e-bill, Duffy, why can't we send an e-estimate? That Absolutely. would be great. And so those are the items that we're bringing to market, launching, and refining. We already customize our e-bills. So for some people, we talk about, hey, this is such a convenient and fast payment experience. This is all about ease. For others, based on maybe bill balance or other data, we might lead with affordable payment options. Affordability is the number one consumer uh, concern relative to their health care billing. That's what, that's what they tell us when we survey them. And so we may, if we're tailoring the e-bills, what's wrong with us tailoring and personalizing the e-estimate? And so if it's an estimate where you have a really good confidence that this is the dollar amount, like an MRI, we can go ahead and, and enroll somebody in a payment plan or a pay in full and be really confident that that's the number. In other cases, there may be more clinical variability where the estimates were not so sure. Well, can you take an initial payment and start creating, right. uh, start creating uh, commitment to pay? Mm -hmm. Because behavioral uh, economics tells us that that commitment to pay is really, really important. And so how do you, how do you help do that while giving the consumer more confidence that at least they have some idea of what the dollars are? And I would imagine the statistics show that, again, that commitment to pay is a really big psychological component where patients do actually want to pay. They don't know how much to pay. I don't want to overpay. And as Duffy mentioned last week, we were talking about, am I going to get a credit at my health system? Yeah, nobody wants a credit from, from the hospital. I don't want to go back <laughs> there. I don't want you holding my $60 until, exactly. I, until I return. Right, yes. but, but you know that people have rendered care for you and or your family. And so you, you there's an emotional attachment around, hey, I want to 
contribute to what is due, but I don't really know how much is due. So I applaud that e-estimator and yep. really being able to get something on the forefront for consumers to engage with. You got it. So that consolidated bill, taking many bills, making it into one, we're doing that for more and more health systems today, creating a really wonderful branded experience. And that branded experience is an extension of the health system's brand. So to Duffy's comment, that last touch is a good touch. It actually leaves a better taste in, a, mm -hmm. in, in, in the mouth you know, kind of proverbially than that bad touch would. And we're, we're delivering that and actually creating more digital users. So just recently we launched a digital first bill product. We're actually extracting contact information from the HIS system. Some of our clients, instead of sending a paper statement, they're actually sending an e-bill to 80% of their patients the first time before they've even opted into paperless communication. So e-estimates, consolidated, branded, and we're creating more digital users because we know that digital and self-service creates a better customer experience. So you tackled two things and you alluded to it because you mentioned you survey your, your patients. Mm -hmm. uh, and so in the midst of that, there were two things that you mentioned and I was thinking about this. I was actually going to ask uh, both Lisa and Duffy this, and then I was going to ask if you guys request the same thing from your from your patients. And that was, what do you look for in a bill? As a patient, what do you think about with that financial aspect? Well, I first want to see what I'm paying for. Mm -hmm. You know, usually they just have a date of service and then and and then and then an amount. <laughs> and and again, because you're getting a bill from the, you know, for the anesthesia and you're getting a bill for the lab work and you're getting a bill from the physician and you're getting a bill from if they're under if they're under a hospital system or whatever else. So it would be neat as as and I think last week alan said it too instead of what is the word what is the word for getting your blood drawn ah uh, uh vena puncture yeah <laughs> yeah what, what's a vena puncture you could just say when i remember when we drew your blood but it would be nice as a breakdown we ask for it everywhere else we ask for it at a restaurant so that we can check what we paid for each item we ask it for everything else could that not be done yes for sure could be. yeah line item line item detail that's yeah. what that yeah, it was mm -hmm. called but what's interesting about it is it comes to mind for me. So I was thinking about this even myself. And the, the two things, and you alluded to this, Alan, one would be affordability, yeah. right? Why do we have to go in and buy a car every time you go to a hospital or something? I mean, that's insane. And then two is simplicity and ease. And those are the two things that I think about when I'm a consumer or if I have to bring my son into the doctor or whatever the case is, I want those things. And I don't think that's too much to ask, is no, it? It's, I would add one crazy. thing to that yeah. and that's transparency. Yes. yes. Right? Because I believe that as we, as, as markets are becoming more competitive, as the Amazons of the world and Googles of the world are coming into healthcare, um, again, it's going to put demands on health systems to kind of provide transparency that we've mm -hmm. never provided like a line item detail bill. So customers, consumers are going to shop their healthcare yeah. and we're seeing it. It's, it's gonna make a much bigger impact and organizations are gonna have to be ready. And I think companies like Patient Co are teed up to really yes. be able to handle that in the future. I've been saying for years, it's, it's, it's insane we don't have an Expedia of healthcare, right? Yeah. That you can easily go in, shop around and see everything with quality, price, the satisfaction or experience scores, it doesn't seem like it should be that complicated. Yep. But so, yet it is. Yeah. And so given yeah, all is. of that, the, the next big question for Alan, though, is as you're doing this and as you're a growing company, what are the challenges? Because you are going into healthcare systems who think they're doing it right or making, how, what are your challenges? Uh, 
this is probably not unique to patient co or to the, or to the the listeners today you know kind of from their home and it's 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 culture change it's change management we're asking organizations in many cases to pull out old tired legacy technology it creates new data it creates a new way of reporting we're asking them to rely less on those team members in the call centers to take calls and we're we're shifting we're shifting the the payment experience to more self-service many of our clients 80 percent of the dollars are done through patient self-service you know when we ask them we actually get we actually give every person who makes a payment we give them the opportunity to give us a happy face or a sad face yeah <laughs> you know that we get 95 percent happy face wow. after people pay their bill what wow yeah, people 95%. are happy to give you happy <laughs> yeah. to give away money yikes that, that's right we uh we also we also did a little experiment you I'm know the try old, that personally yeah, yeah. just donate <laughs> and give yeah. me a happy face the, the uh we actually did a little bit of an experiment on net promoter score so we asked oh, yeah. our uh we asked uh many we asked our patients for some of our clients after this billing and payment experience are you more likely to to recommend the hospital to family and friends and did you know that our hospital clients were getting net promoter scores north of 50 and 60. Wow. And so that 50 and 60, compare that to the industry average for hospitals, which is closer to 16. 16. That's, mm -hmm. wow, okay. I, I, know some, I know some net promoter scores. Yep. yep, that's right. And so, you know, it really is an, it really is an experience that matters. And, and we're just, you know, we're just happy to, we're happy to be part of that program, but it's still change management because we're asking people, we're, mm -hmm. we connect, we have to go through IT and health systems just like everybody else. Like getting prioritized in the IT department, is that easy? or hard hard <laughs> it's oh, hard my, oh my gosh and it's like i i really feel for the cio and their organization yes. i mean think about how many projects that people come to them with and so even though implementing us we we integrate into epic cerner meditechs of the world in order to automate all of the payment posting and reconciliation that's a great administrative spin but sometimes the cio's office hears that and they're like oh my gosh integrate into our mm -hmm. emr i don't have time you're at the bottom time. of my list that's right and so even though it only takes just a handful of hours from their team because we reuse all of our certified integrations like we're an epics app orchard we have certified integrations even though it takes very little time it's still that change management mm -hmm. and talking to people about you know security and where their data is going and all of those things so it's it's helping them understand well we're a SOC 2 shop we're secure and talking about oh we're we're certified by epic for these integrations and so it's that change management piece and also a bit of, you know, kind of just the impact on the staff. So just to kind of take that back for listeners, as a reminder, you can go to leaderdialogue.com and you can see our organizational hierarchy of needs in which one of the things around strategy deployment is being able to provide focus. And a lot of times you brought up a really good point that I think we don't give enough credit to our CIOs and our IT teams who are stuck implementing the dozens or even hundreds of initiatives so across large organizations because it's like, oh, it's only one or two things for me, but then it's one or two things for 50 other people or hundreds of even more other people. And they literally just get where we, we have maybe a focus from a strategic level on our high priorities, which can encompass so many initiatives and objectives underneath it. And so just again, I think it's important to recognize that as a company, we have to also think about, hey, what are our true priorities? Which means even from IT or from a strategic standpoint, being able to say no to certain things, which can be difficult for any company 
of any size. Yep, for sure. That was you, you the say no part really leads us into the do less than obsess. Mm-hmm. We talk mm-hmm. about great at work. Um, that book is amazing. But we as leaders and those of us who are helping leaders, we really need to get in and talk about their strategy talk about what their goals and objectives are and then help them devise a plan where they can actually focus and not be so distracted those cios you are spot on they are being bombarded Mm -hmm. with requests across the health system and someone at the strategic level needs to be able to say you know what these three or four initiatives are your priority not everything else but that's a hard that's very hard message to deliver it is it is. The other thought that I was I was thinking about as you were talking about earlier around um, as we take this back to the patient's perspective, you know, there's a, an element behind at what point does this become something that's important to our patients? And at the same time, what's important to our patients becomes important to us as a strategy. And there's there if you think about a two by two grid on payments, obviously, so that's part of obviously the mission of what you guys are doing. There's this balance around willingness and then ability to act, right? So willingness to pay and ability to pay. You can also relate that same grid to strategy, right? What are mm-hmm. the things that we're yes. working towards with our strategy that we yeah. want to pursue? And then the things we're actually capable of doing. And these things with CIOs, and it's not just with information technology, it's with anything that we have capacity restraints on in operations. That's where you often create, honestly, that that tug sometimes between whether it's operations and strategy, operations and marketing or sales. We were talking a little bit about this before um, kind of offline where there's always and any business has this where it's how do we have a desire to do something and then the capability to deliver on it and not just deliver on it but deliver on it really well mm-hmm. yeah well said well said uh, you know increasingly uh, we find that the CIO organization is a great organization to partner with you just, but to your point on the prioritization, you have to you have to be very crisp and clear around what you're asking from that organization. Mm-hmm. And also, we found that reference calls with other members of other CIOs of you know teams from other you know kind of similar health systems has been tremendously helpful because then they they don't have to listen to us and believe us; they can listen to their peers. So that's someone who's already been through it. Absolutely. So you're a leader in your organization. I would imagine you have a very similar approach with your team. Can you tell us a little bit about the culture of uh, Patient Co? Oh, wow. We love talking about that at Patient Co. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can check out Patient Co. Uh, you can check out Patient Co. Life. Uh, we, we talk, we really spend a lot of time uh, thinking about the culture that we're creating for ourselves and our colleagues. And uh, we call ourselves Patient Coans. That really, that really rolls off. That? that really rolls off the tongue. Uh, oh God, I have got to, get, I have got to get that swag ordered. Uh, swag, swag is coming. Yeah, just so I, you, just so you, for for people who didn't listen last week, you you have to because uh, at the top we will explain what Alan was wearing and why we all want one. That's all we're gonna say. That's why you have to go listen to the other podcast. That's right. You're dying now, aren't you? Uh, oh, just, what were you I, talking I, I, about at that yeah. minute? <laughs> so, so, so the, patient, the patient, the patient yeah. our patient coin culture. Uh, you know, hats off to our CEO Bird Blitch. He founded the company after a great clinical experience, the birth of his daughter, but a terrible billing experience 
following the birth of his daughter. And, uh, you know, he's he has been instrumental in focusing on our culture. Uh, we survey our employees every single year to understand what's working and what's not working. We have focus groups to talk about that. We have a culture committee where the culture committee helps inform, uh, you know, kind of describing initiatives to help with our culture. And so we do things like we try days where we don't have uh, meetings in the mornings. That way we all get some heads down time, this notion of like maker time versus meeting time. Perfect. And so we do things around productivity. We, do, we, have, uh, we have sessions around work-life balance and how to manage that because, you know, in a fast-growing company, I'd like to say it's always nine to five, but it's not always nine to five. No. And so, you know, but we talk about that because we need a balance for our people. And, uh, you know, we do, a, we just do a, a tremendous amount of, um, we do a tremendous amount of work in trying to ensure that we're creating the kind of positive culture where people want to stay there and want to grow and build a career there. And, and we do that just because we want to have the best people. And I, I think if, uh, you know, you're all welcome to come take a tour at the office. And I think when you meet folks, you'd agree it was, we, have a, we have a really special place. That's awesome. And the hierarchy of needs, which is on leaderdialogue.com, um, we all talk about this. At the top are leaders. We talk a lot about good leaders, leadership, and that sort of thing. But at the bottom is colleague. It has to. It has to get to the front lines and colleague engagement and making sure the people who work for you buy into what you're trying to do and they understand what the strategy is, so they can say, "What am I? Do how, how, how am is, I contributing? Right? How right. is what I'm doing contributing?" Yeah. And just to reframe that in terms of a top or a bottom, it's really around a foundation. Okay. Right? Your colleagues are the foundation of any organization. So I shouldn't I, say down. So yeah. <laughs> right. The bottom. Or if you think about servant <laughs> leadership, right? It even has where you invert it's a pyramid down. to where mm-hmm. leaders yeah. are on yes. bottom and they're serving their their not only their customers but also their actual employees. Uh, and I think that's something that when any size business, especially as you're growing a company where culture and especially in today's world, right? Everyone kind of thinks about the Google culture and that kind of if you got to work and we invest as many hours as we do in our companies, why not like where we work and the people we work with, right? Yes. There's no harm in being able to say, hey, that's not our culture. It's not a good fit. But when they are that foundation, if you, you treat your people well, they will treat your business well. They mm-hmm. will treat your customers well. And it sounds like that's what you're experiencing at Patient Co. It, it is indeed. We have we have great teammates. Uh, Duffy, to your comment, I love you linking you know kind of people understanding the strategy mm-hmm. to executing the strategy. So I'll just I'll just share a story. Uh, in a previous year, one of our questions was, "I understand the decisions that the business is making," and we actually saw a decline that year. So the culture committee chose to tackle that, and their recommendation was spend more time in the all hands talking about the strategy and talking about what you're seeing in the market because you know uh, Duffy Jennifer your points are spot on Uh, people need to understand the North Star that they're pointed to Mm -hmm. and just how their day-to-day kind of business and work is helping to support the entire organization's journey and so you know what we what we realized through that survey is we weren't doing a uh, as good of a job as we could have articulating that for the organization so uh, for instance, we've actually revisited what we used to call Town Hall. We mm-hmm. now call Patient Co. Live. It's actually like an Ellen DeGeneres-style talk show <laughs> oh, that where awesome. we <laughs> literally feature people in little segment vignettes. We beam it to anyone who's virtual in our employee base, and we talk about 
company performance, recent initiatives. Uh, we have reports from the field. And we often we also do things to make it fun, like our CTO recently bobbed for apples against <laughs> against <laughs> against our recruiter. Everybody's face got super wet. People were cheering That's and yelling. Hysterical. And it was awesome. And we, we bring in a new host every time. Uh, so people are rotating the hosts. And the hosts are starting a really friendly competition around who gets the most laughs. That's and it's, uh, it is so cool to watch. Do you get a laugh meter Yeah, we we, uh, <laughs> we 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 have not made that technology yet, but we'll get right on it. Yeah, put on the list for the uh, IT people. I'm I sure they'll be I'm sure, Just give them one more thing yeah. to do. Just one That's little right. thing. Just, just one more thing. They uh, they still so, have a couple of hours where they're sleeping. Yeah, a couple of hours. And Jennifer, what do you remember the statistic that we said? I think on our very first show that just blew my mind. Give it to Alan. You're talking about the fact that 95 percent of most people in organizations do not understand how their role connects to strategy. 95 percent. Yeah. Which is why, which is why SOAR does what we do. We really right. help people connect strategy and and to the people and their mission. And, and that is so important. I've literally had colleagues say, "Alan, describing this allows me to make those little tiny mm -hmm. trade-off decisions in my jobs in a much more effective way." And so, from as you know, as from an R and D or development and engineering, by just having a, kind of a strategy co uh, component around we need to be more convenient that allows for them to make some kind of some subtle trade-offs that you know and once again if if you can align everybody and we're all rowing in the same direction like you're really harnessing the power of an entire organization it doesn't happen by accident you really have to work at it and those frontline resources they want to be involved mm -hmm. they really don't want to be just passive employees by and right. large they really do want to be contributing to the mission of your overall organization. Engaged. So that's exactly right. So colleague engagement is so paramount. And it's really one of the things that you just mentioned. So two thoughts come to mind. One is that you said a really important word, which is trade-off, which means we have to empower our team members to be able to say no or to be able to have that open communication with their leaders to be able to say, hey, if we're adding this, what's coming off, right, so that there's that balance. But the other thing you talk about is it's really it goes back to our hierarchy around engaging our team members as owners, right, so that they understand not only how they connect to the organization but how their job function connects. There's an analogy. It's not a book but it's an analogy oh. uh, where we got you think about, yeah. yeah, we did. Great right at work. We did. Right yeah. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Good. Thank I'm, you, I'm glad we checked that box. Check, yep. Check that off. Okay, good. But if you think about um, what is, it's an analogy, when you're walking down the street, you see somebody who's laying bricks and you say, Hey, what are you doing? And they say, Oh, I'm laying bricks. And you go, great. And you keep going down the street and you see someone else <laughs> laying bricks and they doing the exact same thing. And you say, Hey, what are you doing? They say, Oh, I'm building a wall. And then you walk down the street and you see one more person who's laying bricks and you ask, hey, what are you doing? And he says, oh, I'm building a cathedral. There's a difference when you're connected to the vision and the strategy. They're all laying bricks, right? Mm -hmm. And so when you think about a company like Patient Co. or even in hospitals where they're doing revenue cycle, well, I'm working on a patient's bills, not that exciting. Or if I'm cleaning a patient's room. But if you say, well, no, I'm helping them understand where their financial, what the financial impact to them is on a personal level, or I'm helping prevent infection. You're not just doing a task. You're really building that into the higher strategy. Uh, the, and meaning. It's, right. You're helping to create meaning for it. And I love that story with the cathedral. I'm going to steal that. Good. It's really good. It wasn't mine, so <laughs> <laughs> steal away. Okay. Well, I will, I will, I will leverage freely. How about that? <laughs> but that goes back to what you said, that, that we want, if we're so concerned about patient experience when they walk in the door, that they're not waiting around, that they get you know, get seen in a timely manner, and then we follow up with their care so they aren't just sent home and not, there is no follow-up. 
the billing i mean that we that's you've, you've got to make that more appealing you know, and you said, I think everyone does want to pay their bill. Like if I yes. get that late, we, we talked about, you get the thing, we're going to turn you over collections. Right. And I feel horrible. It's like, I didn't, I didn't get another bill. Where, where did I right. miss the I bill? Confused. Right, right. Yeah. Confusion. I Absolutely. I'm sorry. I, I, again, I'm a nurse by background. So I believe that just inherently people really do want um, a, they want good health care, they want good quality outcomes, but they also want to, to contribute where they need to contribute and mm -hmm. pay, but they don't want it to be so difficult to have to navigate those waters. Right. Um, and at the same time, I think there's this angst around, well, I'm going to trust in my insurance company to do their part because I'm paying those premiums. And at the same time, I'm feeling guilty because my provider's not getting paid. It is a really bad psychological place for our patients to be mm -hmm. in. So, again, I applaud Patient Co. for what you guys are doing. You bet. Well, it's a bad operational place, too. Uh, we survey health systems as well as patients. Uh, you know that uh, confusion about the bill, health systems agree, that's one of the number one sources of, of calls. And so that's also a number one source of cost. And it doesn't exactly put you on the front foot of it, having a great consumer experience because they start off being confused and so you know all of those kind of technology pieces that we bring to help make it more understandable easier to easier uh, to deliver digitally communicated on mobile devices that's all part of just making you know kind of reducing those phone calls and you know creating a better experience there used to be an old adage and that at least i would hear my leaders talk about and it's like what's the number one thing you're sure about from a healthcare visit and people are kind of all looking around at each other like, okay, is it, is it my length of stay? Is it my outcome quality? Well, then it's the bill. Well, then they all look at each other and go, well, there's no agreement on the bill, right? I'm going to get some sort of bill, but is it accurate? Yeah. Is it really including everything? Am I providing transparency? It's not even that. So kind of a bad place to be for health systems. Yeah. Well, the leading ones are uh, fixing it as we speak. That's awesome. And so the good news is that there is an effort to continue to drive towards consumerism, which we've talked a lot about. How do we, again, make things affordable? How do we bring ease and transparency to the market, to the people who are needing this? So again, a really great show, Alan. Thanks so much for joining us as we've talked through a lot, a broad spectrum. We kind of bounced around a good bit today. We started talking about, obviously, Patient Co., the value you guys bring, what's next on your radar as you continue to continue to deliver value to your customers and your patients. Um, we also talked about really the alignment between strategy and culture and operations and how those three things fit together. And there's an underpinning there where your structure of your organization also has to support that and have sources of empowerment, sources of ownership for your staff and your colleagues and your team because they really are that foundational element of any organization. And at the end of the day, it has to connect to purpose. It has to be meaningful so that people can make that connection. Thanks so much again, Alan. We appreciate it. And also thank you to our listeners for joining us on Leader, Leader Dialogue, brought to you by Soar Vision Group and the Baldridge Foundation. Remember, you can listen to a new live show every Friday, 1 o'clock Eastern Time. Now, we have those shows, the, the live one, obviously, if you can't get to that, we keep all of our shows on businessradiox.com. It's the Gwinnett Studio, and then select our show, Leader Dialogue. You can also visit leaderdialogue.com slash podcast. On behalf of Jennifer and Lisa, and thank you for joining us again, Alan. I'm Duffy Dixon. We'll see you next time on Business Radio X.